Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit ForgedEatery.com. To the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I am thrilled to be in conversation with my next guest, a Baltimore based visual artist whose work explores the wonder and the complexity of Black identity, creating sculpture and video works that center on the narratives of women and gender expansive people. Please welcome Victoria Walton. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Um, and, and so I want to start off um, by going into and I'm kind of breaking these up into different chunks, but I want to go off on this sort of introductory thing. Like, think about it as you go to a fancy restaurant, right? You have, you know, the appetizer, the main course, and you kind of have like the dessert somewhere in there, maybe some aperitifs. So we're going to start off with like these early experiences, artistic influences. That's the theme for this, the appetizer portion. So if you will. Could you uh, share maybe one of your earliest experiences or memories as it relates to to art? Yeah, um, I've always been interested in portraiture and the figure. Um, I was always known for drawing clothes and drawing people. And my mother's like sensed my inclination towards that right away. And uh, I was just known as an artsy child. And by the age of 12, I had made an official decision that I was pursuing fashion design. So that was actually my first leap into um, a, a true creative direction, thinking about a career, thinking about um, longevity in that way. And so 
I, I, I took on sewing. I learned pattern making. I studied fashion, like Project Runway with everything in me. Like it became an obsession. So that, that really is where my artistic focus was for a majority of my life into my early 20s. Thank you. That's that's great. And and I definitely have more in that space. Early, so we're going to return to that um, to get a little bit more in depth in it in the the main course portion of the uh, the, the the pod here. Um, how and this, this is going to sound gauche, but I always like to get people's like take on it. Like, how do you define art? Because, you know, I'm speaking to a lot of folks that look like you and I that hit a wide tapestry of different backgrounds and so on. And a lot of times art is depicted as this is art. This isn't. And it's like so right. I would like to get people's like take on it. Like, what is what is your take for you? Like, what do you define art as or creativity in, in a larger way? Yeah, I think it's a natural uh, it's a gut intuition that allows you to create something out of nothing. Um, and I, and like you said, like not putting a limit on what that looks like <laughs> as a creative, it could be food, it could be music, it could be poetry. Like there's so many different avenues. And so it's just like, what do you do when you're alone? And like, how does that manifest in a space where you are in like, I'm not restricted. You're not restricting yourself and there's not outward restrictions as well. Um, so that's art to me. See, you know, see, this is going to make it really easy for me to chop these different segments of, yeah, Victoria Walton on art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the, these, these next two of this, this sort of chunk, how do you, you know, for, for the folks listening, this all being the, you know, the final edit, but for the folks listening, when I hear it like directly from you, do, you know, des describe your, your work, like, how would you describe your work? You know, people have those artist statements and sometimes oh, God. like, oh my, and then you have other people describe one's work. Like I describe what I do. It's like, yeah, I just talk to people that I think are interesting. And other people, other people will say to me, you're democratizing what it means to be an artist in these creative conversations. I was like, sure. Yeah. Sounds better than what I said, but I don't know. So how do you define what your work is? Hmm. I'm trying, I'm going to choose to lean away from my artist statement. Sure. It's an exploration of the figure and multiple of, of the live reality of black people along the lines of, um, it's particularly along the lines of being queer, being disabled, um, being at the intersection of so many other experiences. Um, and how inside and in, in, in outward influences, how that ripples inwardly and outwardly. So um, particularly in my work right now, I'm calling on a reclamation of our relationship to nature. So I'm using organic material and I'm really kind of talking about like the healing of um, us reorienting ourselves and this conversation of us being natural, of us being um, inherently who we're supposed to be. And so I do that through ceramics, through um, mixed media with wood, with soil, 
with um, textiles and through performance. I like that. I, I I like the fully like realized sort of like this is what it is now versus those nice pristine clean. Here's my two sentence like you put your artist statement in chat GPT and spit out something clean. I want the real I want the imperfections in there. I want it being thought through. And I like how you delivered that. So thank you. Thank you. I'm I really have made a conscious effort to be authentic in my work, no matter how painful that can be for me or uncomfortable that can be for me. Um, and so I want people to feel that in the work. Like I'm not, I'm not making the work to be political or to be correct. I'm making that from a really like raw and honest place. So, yeah. So if, if you were to denote it, right, as you, you have a few influences, cause I, you know, I, I've recently tapped back into I really like the Austin Cleon books, right? And he talks about like art just being like a version of theft. And it's like, you're kind of taking the influences of other people that you did, you like their work and you're doing a remix and then becomes your style and so on. So a lot of times we call it influence, right? So, you know, there are obviously podcasts, even that book in, in Austin Cleon as, as a whole that are referenced in kind of what I'm doing here. What are some of the biggest influences for you and how are you influenced by them? I, I, one of my biggest influences, I like to, I hope people make this connection on their own, but I feel like I'm becoming a Black Frida Kahlo in the in sculpture, though. I'm not a painter in sculpture. Yeah. Um, in the intersection of how they really address pain queerness, complex cultural experiences, and disability. Yeah. I've, I, it was one of the, I was, you know, as I was making art, trying to figure out my most recent experiences, I was like, there's no one that had done it the way that they did it. I was like, okay, that resonated, resonated with me on a soul level. Yeah. You know, um, and contemporarily, Wingeshi Mutu, oh my lord, outrageous. Just saw her show at the New Museum. And that work, um, yeah, the integration of soil in the figure and organics and this also disability. I was like, okay. Yeah. It makes, yeah, it gives me hope that the topics I'm talking about, although it's not always seen in the mainstream, can be further understood. Um, yeah. yeah. I I love how Doreen Gardner pushes discomfort. Mm. Um, and has recently shifted the lens in terms of making particularly talk about trying to make white people as as uncomfortable as possible. And that's what I want to harness. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's do that shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, so those are just a few. And Christina Cordova was a huge influence in my ceramic work huge huge influence in my ceramic work even though our themes are different um in terms of um building and 
and figuration for sure. Thank you. Uh, and, and I like, you know, being able to get into those conversations and find those things that seem like, you know, relatively like, I guess, obvious for folks will have you like you're, you're hoping someone kind of makes those connections and then some that might not be as obvious um, when, you know, I, I always go back to this conversation I had where I was talking to a chef and, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about what those boundaries might look like, like, you know, food, it's culinary arts, what have you. And he was just like, yeah, look at musicians, you know, and like how they approach what they do and how this is how I approach food. Or there was an interview I did with a musician and he's a classical musician, he's a composer. And he's talking about like, love Jordan. I'm like what? And then we start going down this whole, you know, the, the, the reasoning and sort of the dedication that it takes to do it. And it's like being able to take those different pieces from a person and how they're like presented publicly. And it's like the way that they go towards the, what they do. I admire that. And I try to apply that to my creative sensibilities and, and, and so on. So listening to that and being able to listen to creative such as yourself, artists such as yourself, it just, it just makes me feel resolute. makes me feel good. You know? Mm, I love that. So this is, this is where we get into the main course. This is where we're getting to the, the steak or the tofu portion. I don't, I don't know if you're vegan or vegetarian, but the steak or the tofu portion of the podcast. Um, so the journey, the, the, the sort of creative choice, you, you know, touched on earlier, you know, like fashion or what have you. And I've said this before, my earliest thing was, um, I wanted to be, uh, what is it? I think it was like an astronaut comic artist. So you can tell I was a really young person when I was thinking of this. I'm gonna uh, yeah. <laughs> but then I kind of wanted to be, as far as the arts go, I, I wanted to be a comic book artist purely and then kind of shifted into writing. And this has been the thing that I've been doing creatively and as a form of expression for the last like 15 years. So I think there was an aha moment when I was listening mm -hmm. to an old Kevin Smith, um, I think it was the evening with Kevin Smith, he was doing these college tours and he would talk about sort of the behind the scenes stuff and just kind of riffing, public speaking, but riffing. And then that, you know, kind of got my interest on him. And then he was just like, oh, I'm doing a podcast too. And it's a way to can keep, you know, contact with my friends. And we're sharing stories from behind the scenes from these movies that people like, but also we're just sharing our lives. That was my aha moment for going into podcasting back in 2009. So was there one like aha moment specifically that hit you and you were like, I want to look at ceramics, visual arts, working with textiles that was like, that's the direction, you know, this fashion stuff is great. It works. It serves me in this way, but maybe this is the direction that I'm headed in. It was so random, dude. Like, <laughs> it was so random. So um, a very short way to wrap that up is like, I left fashion to live in South Africa and I came back and I moved to Baltimore and um, and I went back to school to finish my BFA and I was taking a um, I was taking like a foundational course and they put clay in my hand and I was just like messing around with it and I was like okay <laughs> and I just like made a very simple sculpture but the joy that I found in actually like 
forming something. Everything I had done had been more two-dimensional at that point. You know, even working with fabric, yes, you're working with a figure, it becomes three-dimensional to a, a point, like, on a person. But, like, I had never made a sculpture before. And then at some point I tried a person and that was... Actually, no, the, the real aha is... Um, Renee Trevino, shout out to him. <laughs> he he uh, gave a prompt and he was like, if you can create a museum exhibit, what would it be? Yeah. And my mind started flooding about all these images of figurative sculptures, like fragmented figurative sculptures with their hands held out. And I was like, damn, I got to learn how to do this. And that was, yeah, that was the push I needed. I was like, damn, I have no idea how to do that, but I'm going to figure out how to make that happen. I love it. You know? It's it's getting, I, I call it the creative Holy Ghost. When you get hit with it, it's just like, I'm going to figure it's it out. over. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like. In, in going back and thinking about that that time and the, the whole early stages of podcasting, nobody knew about like what do you get. Even some a lot of people now like how do I start a podcast? I'm like, well, I can start it in these different ways. This is what I would recommend. But especially then, you know, just trying to listen for or trying to find little snippets of like what is that little thing right there he has on his table that he's got the mic plugged into and trying to zoom in and figure yeah. it out and having that that curiosity and then now just like oh you can do it this this way and that just comes from all of this this sort of time and this sort of experience but the curiosity the curiosity is that theme that i i think that drives a lot of people you can't satiate it yeah and and you can't also control when it happens to you yeah i mean i had never thought about figurative sculpture before that moment i just can't say that i did and my whole life changed. <laughs> it's wild. So it, what is it uh, about it? Like if there were two or, or, or three like like words to come to mind, thoughts to come to mind about like the work that you've been doing most recently that like, how are you defining that? How are you describing that in those sort of like, you know, those few words there? But what is it that sticks out? Because I know with like being able to shape form, there's something in it that really brings people in like, oh, I can do this. I can make it in this shape. I can stretch the boundaries of it. But as far as like, you know, keeping keeping your interest and in having you like go to the sort of next stage in your you know creative journey, what is it about the most recent work in that sort of path of the, the textiles and, and, and ceramics that really like has you? It's amazing to say that it's exciting where I've gotten to the point that I can make a life-size representational <laughs> ceramic figure. I mean, from, <laughs> all right, come on now, someone gotta hype me up. Come on That's, now. It's, like, it's pretty tight, I'm, it's pretty tight. <laughs> like, my shit. Um, I mean, I saw some images of, of, of that work and I was just like, how that was literally i was like when yeah <laughs> no for real um because in the last few years that i've i feel like i'm gonna get on a tangent you don't mind you don't mind please, please um, share. in the last few years that i've been in ceramics like i realized how rare it is to do what i do 
I realized that I've now entered a company of like a specific amount of people that actually do this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's such an honor and a privilege, but it's also fucking hard work. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. Um, but it keeps because it's complicated and it's like, how do I make people better? How do I how do I make it look more like you? How do I it it just it's like a it's it's a hunger that I have. I'm like, oh no, like I'm excited for the next five years because I'm like, I don't even know what my figures are gonna look like by that point, you know? Like I it's exciting. Um but then like the ideas that I had around I don't know, um personal struggle, cultural triumph, like community, I was trying to express these things in 2D and it just wasn't enough for me. And then which, like to translate it and abstract it through the figure is, I feel like people can understand it deeper. It's like, oh, okay, like it's happening within the body. Like I get it, like, or at least I can think about it more. <laughs> Um, and I want and that and part of my work is to really like challenge people's conceptions of of lived particular lived experience, et cetera. And so it's like, yeah, I want you to think about this. <laughs> so if I if I if I combine that with the figure, it I feel like it 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 draws you in more. So that's another reason why I love I do, I'm doing what I'm doing. Um but then the figure is like not completely enough for me. Like it's, I've seen, I think it's wonderful when there's artists that that's all that they do, but I feel like I love doing a whole bunch of different techniques, mediums, whatever. And so it's like using the fabric, doing performance, whatever, it keeps me busy. It keeps, it keeps it fresh. Like it, it'll never like I'll never be bored so I I hate being bored so it's like um yeah I think those are the things in my work right now that are really interesting with the scale and also the message that's happening right now so thank you and I I have a I have a secondary question for that because I am a numbers nerd I you know I I'm I'm a data analyst in my day job right and so when someone's like yeah, here's the scale. I'm like, all right, like, I don't know if you ever had these charts back in the day. They would have them like in cereal boxes and they'll say, hey, here's this NBA player you put up to the wall and you see how tall you are compared oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I use myself as a reference point, I'm 6'4, right? So it's just mm-hmm. like, okay. Oh, you're tall. Okay. <laughs> so looking at some of the images of the work that you've done in terms of scale, talk about sort of the size, the amount of work and some of the larger pieces that you've done recently. Um, talk about that a little bit. Like how much time yeah. goes into that? Because I I don't understand that at all. <laughs> I also don't understand. Okay. 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 So <laughs> no way. Okay. Um, I went to a school where they expected miraculous things. <laughs> okay. Right. Like, I'm telling you that making a full figure was normal to them. They're, they expected it from me. They were like, you just got to do this shit. And so, um, and particularly because... I will say that my thesis show was the largest 
work I've made to date. Mm. Um, yeah, the, in the last six months, I've made my largest work. Um, my largest figure was, you know, it's five five. That's a person. You just have a person. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I make life size figures ceramics and the other one is a seated figure but she's also four feet she's two scale she's me sitting down and what people don't when i tell people this part they're gonna be like what the hell are you talking about um they did not exist six weeks before my show excuse me <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about I made them at at this basically at the same time it was the hardest thing I ever did and like I said grad school is not normal life mm -hmm. and I'm looking forward to slowing down on that uh, so I'm excited for when I actually take my time yeah. because I did not take my time <laughs> so um, but no, I'm so proud of that work. I'm so proud of that work. Um, and then, yes, I have a fragmented figure, but there's also life size, uh, was at the clay studio this year. And that piece is also just about four feet. Yeah. That's, that's like my, that's like my medium range is like three and a half to four feet. Wow. I, mean, I I will be making smaller works because I do want people to buy my work. So I will be making smaller work. Uh, but I I know I I know people know me for the large work too. So I just will be balancing that out. Yeah, and, and I, I like one of the things you were touching on there, like, you know, that sort of short, truncated period. It's like I find like so not only in doing the the podcast, right? I, I do some of these sort of I do movie nights and community events and all of that yes, stuff. Yeah. And and I find like, you know, taking it to the academics, right? You know, when you're like you're cramming. It's like yeah. I have too much time to think about what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get my own head and try to be a perfectionist about it. It doesn't get time. done. Right. Or <laughs> it, it, and then it's not as good. And then when I take like you know, I, I kind of wait to the last moment and then I'll complain like, man, this didn't go well. And then everyone will tell me, he's like, this was great. This was done masterfully. And it's like, man, I kind of rushed it. And, and it's just like, it turns out well. It's just like, you, you you almost need to have that that sort of pressure on sometimes. A little pressure. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, also kind of checking like what the stretching, right? Like, we, you know, people go to the gym and all of that stuff. You don't know really what you can lift or what you can do like uh, physically until you actually try it. And then you yes. figure, it and you figure it out. And I remember the most interviews I did in one day was like six. And I was like, I don't want to do that again, but I know that I can do that. So if I have two, three, or maybe even four, I'm like, well, I have experience doing six. So anything less than that is like, I'm good. And I would imagine something of that sort of shape and scope and scale that, that you've worked in. And even with that sort of truncated period of time, it's like, I can knock this out. If if it is required of me again, <laughs> I, hear you. I, hear you. <laughs> I can do it. But I another two, three weeks would have been great. But no, I don't I don't think I like to work longer than six weeks. 
I my full figures, yeah, they're the, like no, they have to be done in under six weeks. But that's just because of clay. Mm-hmm. Clay, clay will not wait for you. You gotta. It's on a timeline. Like even four weeks is like a miracle. Yeah. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I even probably a month is a sweet spot for a full figure. Um, if I had, if I had like time and you know just to like knock it out. So. So while it's still relatively fresh, what were those days looking like when it comes to? you know, sort of what your normal routine as a human, right? As a person would look like when you're like, I gotta work on this. I gotta get, th- I gotta get these nine foot arms together. I gotta get this. <laughs> well, a lot of it is, I always, you know, you gotta start from the feet. And so like making sure that the, like that platform is, it's um, flush with the ground. You can't, if that's not right, that piece cannot stand up correctly. Right. What you do in those first two and a half, three feet, like if it's not built right, it will not stand up yeah. on its own. Um, and I build hollow. So um, yeah, I've been fortunate. Like, I, well, not fortunate. No, I just know how to build. <laughs> you know, gas yourself up. I love no, it. I love not it. Fortunate. I just know how to build. Um, yeah, so it's just like I'll 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 maybe within the first few days go a foot, but yeah. then you gotta let it set. You have to let it gain strength. So I leave it alone for a few days, and then I come back. I do another foot, and then so it, that that's kind of the flow. Gotcha. Um, around the pelvis is the most crucial area. That is like if you don't get that shit right. Um, you have to connect the legs into the pelvis and then you have to, and then you have to build out for the stomach. Yeah. So, um, there's just a lot of critical moments, but at the same time around that point, you have to start building the head separately. So then I make the head on the table so that I can connect it at the very end. And I just wanna... I need to actually make a video. So yeah. so I will be teaching at Micah this summer, which I'm excited about. I'm teaching a figure course this summer. And um, yeah, I'm I'm going to have a live model to do a friend of mine. Um, we're going to do a full figure. So I, I will film that process. So, okay. yeah, I'm excited. Okay. I'm sure I know that people are like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Here's like... the visual to go along with it. <laughs> so I, I have um, sort of this 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 one last real question. Um, and um, I have a few rapid fire questions. So I want to save some space for that. I, that's, that'll be the um, sort of the dessert portion of the uh, this, this menu we have. Uh, Lastly, I'd like to ask, um, what advice if you're you're sharing someone more more broadly, right? Whether it be you can go like, you know, very similar to the work that that, that you're engaged in and the work that you're interested in, or macroly speaking, for someone who is like, how can I explore creativity? How can I go further in something that I have interest in and really see if it's you know something that's a potential career path or creative endeavor? What advice would you share with someone? The way that I went about it is that I did a lot of research beforehand. I 
I when I became intrigued about the figure, I was like, okay, what does this look like? What who are the artists that are working in this way? Um, and honestly, and then I reached out to some of those people. Um, because it's good to play around and on your own and, and see for yourself, um, if you, if you like doing this kind of work or working in that kind of way, but sometimes it's, it's good to hear from somebody that's, that's actually doing it. And you would be surprised at the people who would be receptive to talking to you, giving you advice. I had, I had... I had my mentor, I had the person that I admired the most, like, literally let me work with them for a whole month, you know, and like those kind of moments confirmed that this was what I was supposed to do. So I think it's research, it's trial and error on your own. It's like grunting it out and being like, okay, like, do I like this? And it's asking for help. So... This is this is where we get to the um, the dessert portion. The dessert for me, I don't know if it's going to be for you. I have a sweet tooth. I, I like to use this part of the podcast to troll people a little bit, but also oh god, no, I like to get to the extra layer. I think, and and I think one of the things I encounter when I listen to other interviews, it's very kind of kind of like like lacking. Just tell me about your work, and there's nothing extra in there. And so that's why I try to use this for this is a rapid fire portion. So here's the first one. And whenever I ask artists this question, they start modifying the question. So I'm, I'm kind of expecting that already. What is your favorite color? <laughs> Black. Okay. See, you, you're straight up. Usually it's like, here's my favorite three. And I was like, all right, artist, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the darkness. No. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, mine's is great because it's like, look, I'm always somewhere in the middle. It's just like, look. Uh, go-to comfort food. Oh, I love Ethiopian, like, um, any, uh, anything, honestly. Like, um, I also love, no, my real comfort food is probably chicken vindaloo extra hot. See, I, I, that's, that's, that's good. I've, I've been, um, I'm going up the ladder a little bit. I, um, I had, I had Indian last night, actually, and, um, I... I was I was on but the butter I was a butter chicken guy then I became a biryani guy and now I'm like just stuck on tikka masala but I'll go with sort of the maybe the one that's like less sauce it's more like maybe the tandoori one but it just like the sauce is on the side and I've gone up on the 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 heat on it it's like oh okay. you got, you got medium plus now yeah, yeah let me get some of that I'm like look I'm not playing that game where it's just like they have I think we order from either kumari or namaste yeah i i I just ordered from kumari last week (laughs) and um one of the places says in there indian hot and i'm like look we're not playing those games we're not playing those games we're not doing that i'm not going to enjoy i'm not going to lose my weekend you know (laughs) trying to enjoy indian food the hot is good though the hot is good um this is also a question of like it's kind of a point of contention what is your all-time favorite movie? And you can substitute it. Like, what movie have you watched the most? Because it may not necessarily be your favorite, but it's one that you watched a lot. I'm a I'm a nerd, man. Um, <laughs> I've watched the the entire 
trilogy of Lord of the Rings so many times. I cannot, I cannot tell you how many times for almost 20 years. That's I, I, I rally against that movie. I do a movie related <laughs> podcast. I rally against it. Uh, it's a running bit. My my partner, she looks at me. She's like, so you're, you're not into the uh, the fantasy? I was like, look, man, it's trees walking, man. She's just like, look, we're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 literally like it's a, it's a um, deal breaker for anyone that's with me. I'm like, you have to watch this movie several times a year. So. But that's but that's one of the things. Whenever there's a uh, a pop culture gap for me, it's like I'm I'm not one of those dudes that's gonna be like, eh, I don't like it. It's done. It's like no, I'm gonna watch it so I can have a better understanding of sort of that that fandom that gap because you know I go to the conventions and all of that stuff, and I usually go as press, so I don't want to be like you know scene checked by the nerds. It's like mm, you know you've never watched this movie. It's like all right, man, you got it. Call me Aragon or something. I'm not going over there talking about. <laughs> See, see, just a no, just just a skosh. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I haven't seen any of her Harry Potter movies either, so you know. Okay, that's another. That's that'll be for another time. Yeah, oh, my, my, gosh. my fandom is so eighties. I'm I'm almost forty, which I am starting to realize, and uh, my fandom is definitely like eighties sci-fi and and action movies. It's really corny. Uh, let's see. Here's here's the last one. Here's the last one. Um, if uh. You, if if you were to come out with an autobiography, what would the name of it be? Because I like puns. I use this as an opportunity for people to get over their puns. There's no humor, all of that. Ego death. It's a good one. I like it. Yeah, like it. I'm here for it. So, with that, um, see, I hope that's a nice, you know, appetizer for folks. Again, with the food references, for folks to go deeper into your your background, your work, checking out the website and all of that good stuff. So, I want to give you the space and the opportunity to um, share, you know, anything you want to share in these final moments. Social media, website, um, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Awesome. So, my name is Vic Walton. Just moved back to Baltimore. Um, my Instagram is Victoria Walton Studio. Give me a few weeks on the website to upload the thesis show. It's worth the wait. Give me two more weeks. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to be active all over the city and be involved in our community again. I'm really happy to be back home. Did you enjoy the podcast? Well, show your support by uh, rating, reviewing, and buying me coffee. Um, rates and reviews, they definitely help the podcast grow and get seen and, and heard by more folks to share these great stories. And uh, coffee, not the beverage person, enjoy coffee, but coffee, K-O-F-I, that is the way to support uh, this podcast financially. Uh, sending a you know a couple bucks here to keep this podcast going and, and keeping it rocking and rolling. And those uh, sort of, that sort of support is very uh, appreciated. So check in the episode description for more information. Um, and thank you. I want to again thank Victoria Walton for coming on to the podcast and sharing a bit of her story, uh, creative journey. And uh, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art and culture in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. <laughs>